Welcome to the Recruiter Abroad podcast. My name's Dulta Doherty, and in this podcast series, I will be interviewing agency recruiters who have emigrated around the world. This week, I'm speaking to Alex Zobelli. He's been in recruitment now for 11 years. Alex is originally from Italy, and we discuss his journey from Italy to London, how he managed to transition from hospitality to recruitment, then meeting his wife and how that led him to leaving Blue Arrow, where he was a branch manager, and taking a step back to join Hayes in Tokyo, where he subsequently became a top performer. Um, And then after that, he went on to join RGF, where he is currently, and he's a director there of their sales and marketing division. He's a great guy. He was a great guest. Uh, We talked about everything from culture to food to how how he enjoys himself. Um, We went through the different markets. He thinks that Japan and Tokyo specifically is the best place in the world to be an agency recruiter right now. The fees are 40%. Um, We go through lots of other things. Uh, I hope you enjoy. Let me know what you think. Uh, Let me know if you can think of anybody we should be interviewing. Um, If you want to come on and be a guest and share your journey as an expat recruiter, I'd love to hear from you. Um, This is the third episode. Uh, The first episode, I have spoke to Gareth McGlynn about professional football and working in Australia and in New York. I spoke to Dara Evard about uh, working in Dublin and in Perth and then back in Dublin and how that accelerated his career. Um, we're getting lots of great feedback from the show. Um, please, uh, please reach out if you have any questions and I hope you enjoy this uh, interview. Alex Zabuli, how are you? I'm good. Hi, Dualta. Welcome to the Recruiter Abroad podcast. Thank you. You're the true definition of a recruiter abroad. You've lived in a few different countries. I've given everybody a a brief intro into your background. And I just wonder if you could elaborate a little bit about about that and how you initially got into our wonderful industry. Sure. Uh, Well, you know, uh, I'm, uh, well, I'm Italian, first of all. Um, So grew up in Italy uh, and uh, I, uh, I lived there since I was uh, 23, 24. Uh, I've always enjoyed a little bit of, uh, of a party when I was there and I felt at a certain point, you know, the sort of the party scene was, uh, uh, was not as exciting as it used to be. Uh, and uh, I happened to go on holiday in London and I literally fell in love with the city. So I decided to go and live there. Uh, I didn't speak English when I when I when I went there. Uh, so I started as a kitchen porter. Uh, I built my way up, and I ended up managing a restaurant uh, in uh, in Belgravia. Uh, but then, you know, I sort of realized I was doing uh, kind of a similar thing I, I was doing in Italy, and uh, just yeah, by you, accident, you must have enjoyed the you must have enjoyed the party life in London a little bit when you moved there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I had, uh, you know, I think I had uh, my fair share of party. Uh, but, I, you know, uh, but yeah, you know, I think London was a great city. And for me, it was, was just a big dream at the beginning. But then, 
you know, I wanted to do something, you know, uh, and mm. uh, and yeah, I ended up doing recruitment basically for a boutique firm called uh, Staff Bank, and uh, we were recruiting temporary staff for uh, sort of the education uh, industry, so nursery nurses and teachers. It's funny, isn't it? I, I I was in the hospitality industry for I don't know seven or eight years before recruitment as well, and one thing I find a lot of people like stress about how tough recruitment is, but it's nothing compared to hospitality in terms of how difficult it is. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think for me, the, you know, I always work really hard, like crazy hours and, uh, weekends. For me, yeah. What weekends? Yeah. One of the, I don't know. Uh, I think reason why, I, you know, I've been successful so far is also this, you know, the work ethic, I think maybe lots of people take for granted. So, uh, you know, the hospitality industry definitely teaches you a lot in that sense. So how did you find that you were a young guy in London? Um, you, I'm, I'm guessing you had broken enough English at the time. What, what gave you the confidence to think you could go into a, a, sales, a sales role where you're speaking English all day long? And how, how, did, that, how did that come about? Yeah, I mean, I, I, th- I think I've always been like a good, uh you know i always enjoy selling so you know in when i was working in the restaurants i was you know uh selling always like the most expensive wines you know to customers and uh the restaurant i was working with uh you know uh, most of our customers were bankers so i used to sell them you know uh you know a thousand pound you know uh bottles of wine and uh so i've always felt that i enjoy i enjoy doing sales and uh at the beginning, it was really difficult because I was, I think I, I was very good at selling face-to-face. Uh, it was really hard to sell on the phone. Mm. Uh, and, you know, it's a boutique firm. So I was sitting next to the owner. And uh, wow. she's a, you know, she's a really, uh, I think, uh, you know. Go on, uh, tell she, the truth. She, she, no, she was great. She was great. <laughs> but I struggled a lot. I was very, I was very close on quitting. Uh many times uh but then suddenly after literally the first year uh it just clicked you know uh so all the phone calls i made uh uh all the cold calls you know it just it after one year it kind of made sense um but i realized that uh the industry was i, I didn't enjoy the industry you know i was talking again to nursery nurses and it just didn't excite me and uh uh, just at that time, uh, Blue, Har- uh, Blue Arrow uh, had hunted me for uh, a consultant position in the Hammersmith branch. And uh, to, do, Arrow, to recruit for uh, what exactly? For uh, front of house stuff. So, you know, waiters and uh, waitresses and, you know, bar managers and, you know. Uh, so you're yeah, still doing high volume, low margin. Yeah, massively. Massively, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I loved it because you know I really understood the hospitality business, but uh, and I understood temp, and I was literally at the right time. I think that again, all the sort of training and all the hard work kind of uh, made sense. And I joined Blue Arrow, and uh, you know I think very quickly uh, I was very lucky that I had also a great manager at the time. Uh, Nigel Ingram, that I think is still there, is still running the branch. Shout uh, out to Nigel. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I think... Uh, what made him a good manager? Uh, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, uh, I learned a lot not from, you know, just, you know, about people. I think, you know, the clients, you know, the way you interact with clients. And, uh, 
uh, it was just inspiring. Uh, maybe also at the same time, I was looking a little bit more for kind of a father figure, you know, in London and maybe a direction mm. uh, in my life. And To keep uh, you out of the pub, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Also in the pub, you know. <laughs> <laughs> also in the pub, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Also I can I can pub, use a lot but... of direction in the pub. So. <laughs> no, we, we just had, you know, a great time. And it was me, him, uh, another guy, Jamie. And we sort of, uh, took over a branch that was really underperforming and we just made it happen in, in a couple of years. Uh, you know, they really liked, you know, Blue Arrow really liked us and uh, they gave us the opportunity to move to manage the, the main office in the city. Uh, so for Nigel to run, you know, multiple division and for myself to uh, run the main front of house division in London. So it was, uh, it was a great experience and very quickly I went from, you know, consultant to uh, managing a team uh, so yeah, it was a fantastic experience very hard but like really good at the same time and then what was next uh, then you know uh, you know I've always been I think pretty ambitious you know uh, so I felt that with Blue Arrow I was kind of peaking you know already mm-hmm. uh, you know I was already managing uh, a team basically I knew that you know, for me to progress further, it would have taken mm. me a lot of time. And uh, also, I was a bit tired also uh, about the hospitality industry. You know, I wanted to do something else maybe with the recruitment. I just didn't know what. And at the same time, it happened that, I, you know, I met my wife. is you know, a Japanese lady. Party's uh, over. Yeah, exactly, you know. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, I kind of... Uh, we got married very quickly. Uh, it, you know, we met and in a year we got married. And, uh, you know, after we got married, I started thinking about, you know, having a family, of course. And uh, none of us was from London. Uh, and I just thought I had lots of mates that uh, moved in Singapore, Hong Kong, uh, throughout their recruitment firm. So uh, we just talked and said, OK, maybe maybe we explore Asia and uh, everyone was saying that, you know, there was more money in Asia than in London. So I just started to connect with all the, uh, you know, sort of main, you know, global recruitment firms. So Hayes, Robert Waters, Michael Page, S3 and so on. Uh, And, uh, you know, throughout the process, you know, I also uh, contact directly, uh, you know, the managing directors in Japan and, uh, I, I didn't know, but I realized that was I was a very uh, sort of in-demand type of candidate, you know, because in Japan, there are not many people with um, recruitment experience in London. And I think London is the most difficult recruitment market in the world. So they clearly... Uh, so, so you got to a point in your career where you thought, I need to, I need to move further, I need to be recruiting further up the food chain in terms of people's roles and how much they make in order yeah. to, to, to accelerate your own career. And I need to get to a market where maybe there's less competition and my skills are a bit more valued. Was that, was uh, that the thought process? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Um, so you went to Japan. Were you able to get a visa through your wife? Did the company sponsor you? How, how did that work? Uh, we did it through my wife. Uh, it could have been sort of either way, but uh, yeah, I don't know because we got married. We just did it through a spouse visa. And, and later, later, I'm going to talk to you just a little bit more about your current company. But just that we're on to the visa stuff. And um, 
it's pretty easy to get sponsored in Japan for UK recruiters. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, really, really easy. Uh, we, I mean, we're hiring. Uh, we have we hired several people from overseas, and uh, even with no recruitment experience. So, or, or do they need do they need a degree or a certain level of education? Uh, not really, to be honest. You know, uh, so it's I a unique think... it's a unique place in the world to be yeah, able to, yeah. to, to, to get pretty, that. And I is that think you get this through a, a humanitarian visa? I think if you have as uh, enough working experience and i think you can also qualify if you don't have uh, a college degree mm. and is it fair to say that that's a that's a reflection on the demand in the marketplace there yeah 100% uh, 100% you know when when my business has changed a lot in the last year and before we used to do lots in australia and it was mm. really easy to get sponsored and we even got a living away from home allowance to be there um, mm. But this year, it's completely changed around, and it's just going to demand. The government's decided look, we don't need as many recruiters anymore. But it's mm. a, it's good to hear that there's a there's a buoyant market out there for uh, yeah. for the expats. I think Japan is a very unique situation. Uh, I, I think the recruitment is uh, I don't know if it's a bubble or or what it is, but you know Japan is a very is an aging population uh, and. Uh, it's still like a huge economy uh, and recruitment market is, is very young. You know, you only, you have, you know, a company like Hayes Rubber Waters that they only entered Japan, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Mm. Uh, so at, with, with, with the third economy, third, fourth, whatever economy in the world. So, you know, massive opportunities. Yeah. So let, let me, let me jump into that. So w- what age were you when you went to Japan? Uh, I was, I think, uh, 29, 29, I think, or 30. 29, you had a good good experience behind you, but you hadn't really recruited uh, proper search-orientated roles. Well, no. For, for people who, 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 who maybe are, in, are making that transition, what, what would you say was the, was the, was the difficulties? What, was, what, what did you find as, as, as great learnings? Uh, well, I mean, I joined uh, I joined Hayes uh, when I came to Japan. So I joined the sales and marketing team of Hayes. And, and did uh, they put you through their basic training, uh, even yeah, though you had yeah. experience? Yeah, yeah, I got uh, some basic training. However, I joined and there was a change of management. So the person that hired me, uh, you know, in the transition period actually went to Canada, still through Hayes. But so my manager was changed when I came and... Uh, uh, my manager was a was a Japanese guy that was also coming from another firm uh, for Michael Page. I think he came and yeah, at the beginning was uh, it was you know the first three months was pretty difficult to be honest because uh, I mean I came to Japan with you know to be honest a, a quite a big ego you know because I was yeah twenty nine I was already managing an office in London and I suddenly realized that the quality of the people around me for was not great you know I was yeah, expecting look, a lot. I... I slag off Hayes a little bit, but it, most, <laughs> is, most of it's just for fun, to be honest. I have lots, like, having done three years at, at Walters myself, yeah. Walters, Page, Half, Hayes, the, the, the big ones, the, it's, a, it's a culture shock to anybody who joins them, the, the expectations that they put on you in these firms, and, yeah. and the quality of, of the people who actually make it and stay beyond eight, eight, eight to 18 months. Um, is is usually quite good. Did did you find that when you when you joined? 
Yeah, yeah, it's the same. I mean, I thought that the management, I think, I, I don't think he's haste, to be honest. I think it's is a more Japan thing, you know, like all the, I think all the managed, I mean, the majority of managers and directors that they are currently working in Japan, they developed their career in, in a bubble market, basically. So they didn't really develop, I think, the core skills purely from, a, I think, from a technical perspective, you know, like selling exclusivity, uh, you know, uh, count, how, how you end the counter offers, how you manage deadlines, uh, selling retainers, like really like these kind of things. Uh, you know, I think that because they grew up in, in, in such a good uh, and nice environment, they maybe they were not as sharp as someone that sort of grew up from a recruitment perspective in London, I would say. And, you know, uh, so I don't think it's necessarily, again, Haze or Robert Waters for it, just like the, maybe the condition and the environment, you know? Yeah. And doing business in Japan, it's famous for being culturally so far, oh, yeah. so different. What, what, what type of things did you have to learn in order to be successful with dealing with Japanese people? And was that what you were doing? Were you, were you focused on expats or were you focused on actual Japanese people? How did you handle not having the language? Yeah. Uh, I mean, in Japan, we 99% of the recruitment that we do is is uh, bilingual recruitment, but it's Japanese that speak English that work for foreign firm in Japan. And it's usually mid to senior management, you know. So uh, we also have the odd uh, expat, maybe more on the engineering side and more yeah, web designer, web engineers, web developers. The market is opening up a little bit, but mm-hmm. for my case, sales and marketing and supply chain positions, it's uh, it's it's Japanese that speak English. Uh, I think the the main challenges is really, I mean, there are lots of challenges. Uh, it's still, again, I think it's the best market in the world from a recruitment perspective. But um, for me, the, the the cultural shock at the beginning was a lot on the client side. So here uh the the client side the hr talent acquisition function is still very underdeveloped usually in a company you know if thank god (laughs) (laughs) if you have somebody that they don't know where to put it they cannot put it in hr so you have lots of you know finance people accountant that they turn up to be hr manager and first of all they don't have good people skills so they don't know how to sell the company they can't do searches they can't close they're very slow uh, very reactive, uh, uh, so it's really difficult to get the client side going. Mm. Uh, even though there is a massive demand of bilingual candidates, so here is a candidate. I mean, it's, it's an extremely candidate-driven market. So there's very little BD. Uh, mm. to, uh, uh, that's the opposite uh, of Australia, for example. And I have yeah. lots of people looking to go to Australia from Japan. And, and I have to really warn them, like, it's such a culture shock no, for you. Yeah, if you only recruited in Japan to go to Australia, I think it's, uh, it's, it, it's, uh, it, it would be a difficult one. Uh, so for me, it was that. And also, again, the, just the way you talk to people. London, I think it was kind of, you know, I'm not saying war for Wall Street environment, but that's, you know, it's really aggressive. You can be really confrontational with client and candidates, you know. Uh, mm. And, you know, in Japan, you can't do that. I, at the beginning, I, you know, I burned so many bridges with clients because, you know, I was just picking up the phone and call the president of the company and tell them, you know, I, I arranged 10, in, 10 final interviews, you know, why are you not hiring? <laughs> you, know, <laughs> is working. you know, I send you, you know, 10, 10 finals and 
you're not hiring my candidates, you know, there's something wrong with you, basically. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I think, you know, in London, you could, you know, I mean, I could do that. You know, you can, yeah. you know, you but can I, have that I suppose you're, you're, you're going from recruiting bartenders and nurses and, and, and that to doing almost executive search sales and marketing in, so, in a completely yeah. different environment. I can imagine. So, yeah, you know, I, I upset a few people at the beginning of my career. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I think if, if you sort of tune in a little bit with the sophistication and, uh, you know, sort of how delicate and, uh, you know, Japanese people are, then uh, you can make a lot of money. In my first year, I don't remember exact how much I built from Hayes, but I built probably 40, 50 million Japanese yen, and I was, you know, top, uh, top in the top 10 in Hayes in my first year without speaking Japanese and uh, without any prior experience to sales and marketing and permanent recruitment in a new country. So, well, you know, so it is possible. It is. And look, a lot of that's down to your hard work, but a lot of it's down to timing and market and place and, yeah, and, and all of that. Um, so I just want to jump into the personal side of things. So you're married to a Japanese, uh, Japanese lady. Um, do, does she have a ready-made network of people that, that you're able to be friends with? Or you as a perennial expat, have you drifted into hanging out with expats? How, 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 does, your, how does your social life go? Yeah, I mean, we. I'm a bit of a workaholic, to be honest. So, you know, I, uh, you know, I came here without friends. I, I actually, I never been to Japan before. Started working in Japan, so I came here, and after a week, I started working. So, uh, you know, I, I, and my wife was has been away from before we came here. She was away from Japan for ten years. So she kind of lost touch with, of course, her friends and so on. Uh, and, and you communicate with each other in English, I take it. Yeah, yeah, I speak zero Japanese. Uh, Still. <laughs> yeah, I, I lived in Belgium for seven years. I don't speak French. <laughs> so, it's, you know, no, no, I, I don't have any plan to learn, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, too, too, think, too busy uh, closing deals, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, I mean, I, I, I always, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, my mates are in the office, realistically speaking. You know, I, you know, I'm very passionate about my team, and you know, I hire people that they are sort of like like-minded. You know, I tend to hire, so I go out a lot with with my team, and uh, we, we're pretty. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I'm still, I think, like old school type of recruiter. You know, work hard, play hard, and you, you can know. still play hard with with uh, with a little baby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, uh, of gonna course. Have to, you're going to have to teach me how to do that. I, I, I manage, you know, like uh, expectation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I mean, again, for me, I'm, I'm very lucky because we have, uh, you know, my wife is from Tokyo and, you know, we live very close to her family and, uh, you know, we can have sort of like a babysitter whenever we want so we can go out and leave my son, you know, uh, happy. Yeah, I've moved back to my wife's hometown as well, and uh, her mum's a godsend. Like it's a it's a game changer, really. Uh, but yeah, usually I hang around with uh, you know with with my teammates. Yeah, I, I I work independently. I've got a couple of people who work for me remotely, but uh, yeah, I miss that office banter and recruitment. And uh, yeah, it's a it's it's a it's a great thing when you're in an expat team. Um, because they almost become your family. They can't. Yeah, they can't, yeah. they can't go home to their family at the weekend. They, 
they all work all the time. So everything is centered around your work and, and that. And uh, it, it, it was one of the highlights, actually. And, and it's a great way to form strong, long lasting friendships. I find. Did you find the same thing? Yeah, for me, it's the same. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, for me, like, you know, Saturday and Sunday, I, you know, I like to spend time with my wife and my son. So, you know, I don't have any particular hobby apart apart from drinking, you know, to be honest with you. So. <laughs> what do you drink? <laughs> uh, I drink everything. Uh, but, you know, uh, <laughs> Japan, we have, uh, <laughs> we have, uh, they have some lovely uh, craft beers over here. Uh, and, you know, I'm Italian, so I love wines, you know, so, uh uh, but yeah, you know that's that that's I think. Just and, and being Italian, I, I take it you love your food too. Have yeah, you missed, yeah. have you missed your Italian food? Have how how do you like? It must be expensive to buy European based products there. I found that when I was living living overseas in places. Yeah, I mean the the restaurant scene in Japan is amazing. You know, uh, so you know you have I think is I think it's more affordable than London. Uh, you know, I think in London to eat well, you have to spend more money. Uh, in Japan, you can eat really well, uh, cheaper, I think. And it, I mean, I think people maybe think about Japan as, all right, there's, there's Japanese food, but, you know, Tokyo is absolutely massive. So you get literally all sort of, they, they, have, they have some really good Italian restaurants, French restaurants, Spanish restaurants, uh, uh, always with a little bit of a Japanese twist, but like really good. Plus you got, of course, all the, you know, uh, Asian uh, country type. Of you're thing. making you're making me hungry now. Let's let's get back into uh, recruitment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let me let, let talk to me a little bit about the Japanese market at the moment. What sectors are hot, and where do you see the market going there? Uh, so I think at the moment it's all hot. Just to give an idea, we we charge forty uh, percent on uh, candidates' annual salary to our clients. Wow, uh, that is. Yeah. That is incredible. I think I'll be doing a bit of rec direct work over there. And, uh, you know, uh, of course, we don't charge all clients 40%, but the minimum we will accept is, is 30%, you know, on, on total, really. So, and it's, it's really candidate-driven uh, market. Uh, so the market is good. It's good across all sectors. Of course, it's becoming more and more competitive. You know, there are more... Of course, the big firms, you know, Robert Waters, Hayes, Page, they have 150, 200 people type of office. Uh, we are becoming, I think, the, one of the big players as well. Uh, uh, and then you have lots of boutiques. So lots of people that have worked for this company now, they start to go and uh, they start to go independently and, and run their own shop. So the market is still, I mean, it's becoming more competitive, uh, but I think it's, again, it's, it's way better than, again, maybe, you know, America or, or Australia or Europe. Fantastic. Um, okay, last question I have. Um, wh- what advice would you give to, like, an agency recruiter who's interested in moving their career over, over to Japan? Like, what, what type of things should they consider um, when, when they're choosing an employer? Um, what 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 type of money can they make? What what how does that look in terms of their base salary? In terms of potential any relocation that that, that would be norm in, in in the industry? Could can you walk us through that? What what it's like sure. when when that happens? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I recommend RGF. You know, I think we're the hey! in the market. Blink, you, know? blink <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can send me your details uh, no, first, though. Apart from it, I think uh, but the base salary are, 
higher than London, you know. Ballpark, what are we talking in terms of uh, consultant, senior consultant, principal? I think, I mean, I, I don't remember the, you know, the conversion rate uh, exactly right now, you know, but we hired uh, a couple of recruiters from Ireland and, uh, and UK recently, I mean, over the last six, seven months, and uh, we all gave him around 20% salary increase. I think a, 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 just a, a consultant in London may, maybe makes 25 as a base, maybe, right? Mm. Yeah, it de- like de- yeah, it depends, but yeah, 25 uh, to, thir- to 35, 20. really. Here, easily, they can get, like, I would say, 35, 40, I think. It depends by which agency you go. Of course, boutique, they will pay you more on the commission and less on the base. Uh, uh, and it depends which type of commission scheme that, you know, you go for and all this kind of stuff. But you should get uh, definitely more base uh, if you have experience. And uh, and commission, again, uh, you should be earning way more because the percentage are higher in Japan. Okay, cool. Um, okay, uh, just just to wrap up, and mm. look, this has been really interesting, and it's really wet, wet my appetite to move to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think uh, I think I think think I'll be having a chat with the wife, seeing if she fancies it. Um, it's, it's a unique market, you know. Like I mean, I think lots of recruiters always think about Asia as you know as Singapore and Hong Kong, and they do, yeah. Uh, unless you have an interest in I don't know anime or manga, or you have a Japanese wife, you know, uh, you don't really think about Japan. But you know, it's uh, I think it's it's a unique place to live. You know, it's a unique experience. Whatever you stay here for the long term, but only even for I think three to five years, it's. It's a very different type of experience. Uh, and it, it's a fantastic recruitment market at the moment that I think is going to carry on for, you know, at least for another five, six years, you know. Okay. Now's no, no, no your chance to plug RGF. Um, yeah. What do you, you got going on right now? What are you uh, most excited about in terms of the desks? And tell me. I mean, we... You know, what we, recruiters are you after? Like, who, who's an RGF type person? Uh, I think, uh, I mean, we like, uh, I mean, I personally like, uh, you know, for me, work ethic is a big thing, you know, so I like people that work hard. Uh, I, I want salespeople, you know, we really want salespeople. Um, you know, in Japan, maybe, you know, I'm getting a bit frustrated by, you know, by, by the people I meet on a day-to-day basis, but I constantly, uh, no, I mean, it's, you meet a lot of people that they want to do, I think, HR and not recruitment, you know, so... Mm. You meet a lot of people. Break, say, oh, my heart. I, I want to help people. You know all these kind of things. And you know, for us, we we really want salespeople. Uh, very, you know, I think sophisticated salespeople because you know we we deal with you know Fortune 500 companies and we place the sales director, marketing directors, you know, and so on. Uh, and overall, like you know, we you know even if we are a big company, we are around 150 people now. And you know, we were 20 people when I joined two years ago. So it's massive growth. Uh, and we want people that can have a laugh in the office, you know, like that, you know, can, you know, can, you know, have a beer and, you know, just hang around really, as well as being professional and, and you know, and corporate at the same time. All right. Alex Avali, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Walter. It was a pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. A massive thank you to Alex for taking part in the show today. 
Uh, what a great guy and a great story. I uh, really enjoyed speaking to him. I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Let me know what you thought. Uh, we're getting lots of positive feedback on the show. Um, so please do, if you do like it, let us know on LinkedIn. Give us a like, give us a share, give us a comment. Um, and, uh, and please uh, pass it on to other recruiters out there. Um, also, this week I'm about to launch our other podcast series, which will be the Recruiter Startup School. Um, in it, we will be discussing how to start up a recruitment company from scratch, the different types of recruitment companies that you can set up, whether it's a lifestyle business or a business set to scale or, or a boutique. I'll be speaking to thought leaders. I'll be speaking to um, CEOs, operators, um, people who know technology within recruitment. It'll be a wi wide ranging podcast, but all there to help you set up your own recruitment business. This week, I'm just about to press launch on it. We're going to be speaking to Reese Jones, um, and he's the founder of Davidson Gray. They're, um, they're an recruitment investment company where he takes on a couple of recruiters every year or so and helps them build up their recruitment company and helps them to sell it eventually. Um, well, that's it for me this week and we will see you next week.